Welcome to Cutting Through the Noise, your unfiltered backstage pass to the truth behind the hair and beauty industry. Today, you're with Stephanie Mason and Hayley Mears. Thanks, Hayley. So good to have you on the call oh, again. It's it's so good to be on. I feel like this is kind of like wrapping up the year for us. It's, yeah, probably our, our final podcast for the year. I cannot believe how fast this year has gone, really. I'm trying to think. I think our first ever episode was pretty much like a year ago. Well, we went live a year ago. Maybe we recorded it um, in the October, and I think we went live last November. So, yeah, it's it's been a pretty amazing ride. I think we've got our, like, 22 episodes within the year. Just kind of yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's just flowed, hasn't it? It has. And, but yeah. also it's funny because like at times it's like, you know, it's like anything, peaks and troughs. And I think while we've kind of navigated super new territory for both of us in this kind of podcasting space, like, you know, sometimes we do a lot and then we need to, you know, pause and take a break and fulfill all of the other business stuff that we've got going on in our lives but it's so nice to always come back to this um and I think probably next year now that we really know what we're doing and we've had all of the feedback we kind of know yeah how how we can structure it a little bit better and I've loved getting all the feedback yeah and I think uh, it's been interesting about you know the the kind of people that have been approaching me and, and I guess you as well separately uh, to be on the podcast, which has been um, quite nice. And I think, you know, what I've sort of learned from it is that it has become a bit of a voice for people, you know, to get, um, you know, either their message across about what they want to say about changes in the industry or maybe it's, uh, you know, different products that they want to talk about and why, uh, you know, or maybe it's even somebody that wants to be profiled. So yeah. it's been quite interesting. How about you? Well, what I what I've loved in speaking with all of the various people is everyone has had something totally unique to share and to tell. Um, and I'm thinking back, like right to early on um, in the year, um, like speaking to Rita Marcon. She was the first person that I spoke to at Goldwell, and oh my god, I had so many people um, start to follow follow me personally, follow the podcast um, because I know Rita's such an amazing. Um, like she's a real mover and a shaker. So I don't know what she did to get that episode out there, but there were so many people that listened to that one. Um, and it was really hard to knock her off our number one spot for a very long time when it came to the downloads. Um, but yeah, oh my God, just like the, the variety of guests and the stories. Um, mm-hmm. I Like, I mean, I don't really have a favorite, but like I loved my chat with Clive Allwright. I thought, you know, having that, conversation around our industry and our industry relationship with partying and alcohol and you know what that looks like for a lot of people and you know probably because you know I've been in the industry for such a long time I've kind of seen the way that that lifestyle leads through working in salons to corporate life to you know the effects and the tolls that it has on people so ever since I've had that chat with Clive i I go and I listen to his podcast, the Straight Edge podcast, and he talks, you know, 
a lot of times with, you know, people from the hair industry and sometimes not even. And all of us, like, I'm really engaged and very much he he opened up a whole new world of um, listening to me that's been really educational and I've loved it. Oh, that's so cool. I love, I know, I feel like I've learned so much about, well, either our industry or different areas by doing this as well. It's been quite a nice um, journey to, yeah, to see, I, I guess, other well, all the different perspectives and it, it's a... It's a like a like it, you know, because before I would be working, you know, as a brand and maybe I wouldn't be exposed to these sorts of conversations. Whereas now I'm being able to talk to everyone and about, you know, it's a it's a level playing field. Everyone's talking openly and honestly, and I get to really find out, you know, what either makes people tick or, you know, different people's perspectives, which I'm really loving. Yeah. Well, I think the the chat that you had with uh, Robin Hayden was so much driven around innovation um, and it was super eye-opening for me. So, like, I I got so much out of that. Yeah, I really love their perspective on the industry and I think that that whole focus around the indie hairdresser and, you know, that they have sort of been left behind a little bit and it is such a strong um, part of our industry. You know, even when I spoke to Barry Stevens in the beginning of the year yeah, he, talking he about... he kind of called it early, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So, I you know... I should go um, back and listen to that episode again and just actually yeah. retrospectively see what Barry said because keeping in mind he comes from that UK point of view, so perhaps his perspective is actually looking at the landscape a few seasons ahead of us. Yeah, and I mean, I guess he probably also is having access to hairdressers in Australia too, right? Because, you know, the Australian-UK uh, connect is quite strong. So yeah. he would be speaking to people from Australia as well. So he's got, you know, he does have a perspective from all aspects, um, kind of, you know, from from the sky down. So, yeah, no, he was a, I mean, you know, again, the indie hairdresser, that he was he was. Prominently talking, um, uh, talking about how the industry in the UK was, you know, again seventy or seventy percent of indie hairdresser, which is now what we're looking at in Australia as well. And I mean, that's been coming quite heavily from the the US anyway, which we knew was coming, but maybe not as quickly with how COVID changed the landscape. Absolutely, it's funny. I was um, a lot of the time because I find phone calls really hard to time with people so something you and I do quite a bit is like do audio messages sending them back and forth because we can't you know we're not in the same time zone so it just doesn't work so I was doing these this audio message today with a client of mine um, and he was talking about recruitment in the industry and just like the various challenges in getting staff at the moment and I thought well you know what it is we just have brand new values we have brand new expectations we have all we're also up against you know a generation that has been taught things very differently to what we've always done and what we've always known so like we've got a brand new area to look at like there is no such thing as you know this is what your job as a hairdresser looks like it's not working four to five days a week it's not always late nights and Saturdays it's flexible it's fluid it can be in multiple salons at any one time like it's changed a lot yes and I I mean even down to what a brand ambassador for uh looks like you know I think that's a big one is that um I remember years ago I was you know talking to same uh Katerina Katerina Tobiase about this 
particular thing and uh you know how you know in in the day where you know she was a, a l'oreal ambassador loyal long-term um ambassador and then um you know someone like the likes of tracy hughes changed that quite significantly in, yeah. the, in the way that she was an ambassador for many brands yeah yeah and i think she was probably one of the people that was sort of leading the charge on that in the early days i mean there's probably others that i don't know of but um, you know, that's becoming very prominent now where, you know, the younger upcoming stylists aren't wanting to become so brand aligned too. So that's shifting too, which is super interesting, you know, what the new landscape looks like, like how as a brand do you promote yourself and, and as an individual, what, you know, how do you navigate that too? So yeah, yeah. I mean, back in my day when I was still working in salons, um, like to be like a major brand ambassador kind of meant that you did platform work, you traveled overseas um, and you, you kind of went to all of the events and you did the photo shoots. Whereas now it's actually, um, you know, your package and what you get in a financial perspective from being a brand ambassador is actually all down to your social platforms and how they can reimburse you with the use of socials and sponsor you through socials. And then, you know, what your expectations are as a brand ambassador when you do go overseas and you might work on a runway show and, you know, you're repping a particular brand, like you've got KPIs that you need to meet in your content delivery. It's very, very different. Yeah. And I think as well, um, you know, from what I've been hearing, even some artists, they don't, they might not even go, I mean, if you, they may not even go with a brand anymore. They might go on for themselves and then promote a brand while they're there, which is, again, super interesting. That's a business in itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Plus we, I mean, I was watching, it's a guilty pleasure, um, the Kardashians the other night, and I haven't watched this week's episode yet, but the most recent episode that I saw was Chris Appleton's wedding, and he was just out here in Australia like last week or the week before, and I was yeah. like, we are now in the stage where a celebrity, and we're talking about this just before we started recording, yeah. our hairdressers are now very, they have the ability to be their own brand of celebrity within their own rights. And now that kind of, I guess, spawns the opportunity for various sponsorships because the power of digital means that, you know, you could be sponsored by a car brand if you've got a big enough following and, you know, your audience are the exact type of people that that car brand wants to target and and speak to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that. I think if you think about the industry, it has got done like a bit of a circle. You know, the, the, the there was, you know, back in the day, there was that whole, you know, big name celebrity hairdresser, um, you know, the feeling, and then it kind of got lost a little bit. And then now it's sort of coming back again. And, yeah. you know, you've got these, yeah, like that, the Chris Appletons of the world, uh, you know, becoming an ambassador and a celebrity in their own right. And that's, I guess, you know, really the, there's so many opportunities if you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's great, it's great for our industry and it's connecting that consumer consumer, um, consumer world to us, which I feel like was a bit disconnected for a while there. It's, it's a shame that we don't have more of the Australian talent doing, you know, what the Americans are doing. And even, I guess so, I guess, even though we're not in the British market, you're a lot closer to it than um, what I have optics on over here. But like with the big American hairdressers that are their own celebrity, so Chris Appleton and um, oh, her name escapes me. Everyone, yes, Jen, I know 
Yeah, um, Jen Atkin. Yes. Like mm-hmm. that, and I think of like the Aussie hairdressers that have, you know, as much skill and as talent as those, but we don't necessarily have the big celebrity opportunities um, like they have in the States. But like it's always pretty exciting to see the stuff that Renya posts because like she does like proper Hollywood, Joey as well. I remember seeing yes. him do um, like Anna Wintour and just thinking like what a career defining moment that must be to have Anna, yeah, Anna Wintour in your chair. Yeah. That's kind of better than a Hollywood star. That's like you are solidified forever. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, I would, yeah, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that in that room at that time. Oh my gosh, what an opportunity that was. Yeah. And that is that really, you know, I guess people underestimate the value of being a hairdresser. You know, when you get an opportunity to sit in a room with and a winter, like, what the hell? It's incredible. Oh, absolutely. So I guess, um, you know, you and I have been talking about this, you know, um, over the last few weeks, you know, how the podcast has formed and changed and, you know, what do we see the podcast doing in 2024? Yeah. Um, what What do you think? Look, I, I want to talk to more people that I probably haven't really discovered, like they might be on my radar, but I haven't really unpacked what they're about and I'm seeing just like a glimpse of their potential and I think that's pretty exciting. Um, and so I'm hoping that I'll get to reach out to a bunch of people that I don't know and invite them to come on and have a conversation with me and hopefully they will. But I also hope that a lot of people reach out to us and say this this is what my story is and wouldn't it be great if we could share it. Um, so I'd, I definitely want to uncover, I guess, there's, look, there's been so many great stories that, um, that have come out of our conversations this year. And the first one that I'm thinking of is uh, Selena Tomsic uh, and Hair Aid, like those kind of stories. Like I got goosebumps talking to her thinking like, wow, I can't believe what you do. And like you've completely mm. devoted your life and how many lives you've changed. So I think it'd be great because there's so many more people um, across our industry doing work like that that we just don't know about. Um, they're like humble yeah. warriors. Yeah. I think this is what that, you know, I guess this podcast is sort of becoming. It's, it is like a, um, a transparent voice and, you know, being able to, um, you know, anyone can come on and, you know, talk about industry changes, new things, new innovations, um, you know, what, what they're doing in the industry so that their voice can be heard. Um, you know, I really like that. I think that's what I want to focus on is, you know, giving people a voice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because so many people in our industry do, you know, they do work in like their butts off and they don't get to talk about what, you know, what they're doing and they are doing incredible things, but, you know, just more people could know about it or, you know, maybe there's people that are coming into the industry that want to learn more about the industry and whether or not it's the right move for them. And maybe we can be a part of a conversation point that will bring more people into the industry too, because once you hear about how incredible these, you know, different people and and guests are that, you know, it might inspire the next generation. I was teaching a social media class in Newcastle the other week and there were the, like the whole, everyone in that classroom was amazing. But um, there were these two really young girls that they they made the effort, like they rocked up looking super glam and gorgeous and they were pretty young. So I guess, you know, my default thought was they're probably just going to like listen to a bit, but be on TikTok and like, you know, scrolling through Instagram while I talk and they may not take on everything that I say. And they proved me so wrong. Like they were so diligent. They took on everything. They were focused. They asked questions. And 
I found out a little while later after the class just how young they were. I think one was 17. And I would love to say to this girl, who I'm hopefully going to get on the podcast at some stage, you know, from your very fresh eyes, being in the industry probably less than a year, what is it that you see? Because we're all kind Mm -hmm. of running around with our head, you know, like we're not focused on the vision that they have. We've got the periphery and we've got so much experience, but I need to know what it looks like through their lens because how will I as a marketer or, you know, um, a salon business person be able to see what the future looks like because I'm not in that space. So I think we need to tap into all of the things we're not seeing we need to talk more about AI for sure yeah I was about to say that yeah exactly <laughs> Were you? they will be oh my gosh yes they will be um on another level to to us in terms of understanding where that technology technology will take us as well yeah um yeah Oh, I can't wait to listen to that. That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> well, you know what was really interesting? So I went on to chat GPT today and it crashed. It was pretty well, much. Sorry, it's been crashing for me every day. Okay. So because you know that they just resold the CEO, but now he's back. So they axed oh. the CEO and just, I'd love everyone. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I've got to write this down. I listened to a podcast with the CEO of Chat GPT or um, Chat AI. I think that the name of the brand is not that I can recall his name, but he was on Joe Rogan. And he was so interesting. And he was just talking about the future of AI and how he has to reconcile the fact that so many factory workers are going to lose their jobs because of the technology that they impart, but how they are going to revolutionize and just like make sure that the workflow of jobs still exist. It's just got to pivot so that all of the people that are out of jobs just kind of transition into new ones. Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Joe Rogan. Oh, interesting. Just going in the show notes. <laughs> Good. I can't wait to listen to that too. Yeah. No, it's um, it's exciting times. I think um, it's uh, I, the other thing is with our industry, there is all. There is always rumors. There's always things, you know, people talk about, you know, we're a very, we're a communication industry. And I think that this, the opportunity for this podcast is to, like we say, cut through the noise and get directly to the, the point and ask the tough questions, find out the answers, you know, so people actually are hearing from, from the source, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, you know, anyone that's, you know, wanting to clear the air on anything, let us know. Do you know what? The last week or so I've been like, I spend quite a bit of time just watching what happens in the various Facebook groups. And I've noticed there's a real trend for people that are reaching out for help and saying that they're going through a really rough time. And what, what I'm seeing when these posts come through is that everyone done it, does it anonymously. And so I've recently just finished writing um, my next article for um, Mocha magazine, which will probably come out in early January. And it was like, I just want to put my hand up and say, as a business owner, I have had a shit year. It has been the worst. And I just want to own it and let everyone know that I'm not hiding it because I don't want anyone out there to feel embarrassed, ashamed, like not comfortable to talk about the fact that, you know what, their business isn't thriving like it should be. Because I think the more authentic we get about it, you'll realize there's a hell of a lot more people in that same position, um, but everyone's too afraid to say it. So I think that's something um, which I'd like to open up the conversation to. If anyone wants to share their story about, you know, the challenge that they had in 2023 about what business looked like, but also like, let's put a positive spin on it. Like, 
How did you rebuild? What did you do differently? How did you disrupt? Because it took a full year and we've, we've come back and we're, we're good to go. The trajectory is definitely heading up, but it was rough. It was a really tough time economically. Yeah, I think that's the thing, shifting and changing. I mean, we've had to shift and change quite a lot over the last few years with COVID and everything else. And I think we're still feeling, well, we not think, we definitely are still feeling, you know, the impact of what that what that is happening, what, what that's had on us. Um, but I think just, you know, if I look at my last 15 years in business, um, I've had to shift and change every year, if not every second year. So it is the lay of the land. If you're in business, you have to shift and change and be agile. Mm. Um, and I think the more that you can reach out and ask people for advice and support, um, the better because, you know, somebody has already done this road before, I'm sure, at some yeah. point. And how do they shift and change and move? Or is there any fresh ideas that people can bring to the table? I think the more that you can be vocal about your pain points, the more that you can bring in as well. Yeah. I did see one of the comments that was in one of the groups today and it was like, and it was someone offering advice saying, I see so many people, you know, saying, is anyone else quiet? And that's the the constant question. Like everyone wants reassurance that it's not just their business that is quiet, but, you know, flip that around and wouldn't it be great to ask the question is, hey, are you really busy? What did you do to get busy? What was, your, what was your strategy? How did you market it? Like, you know, how did you get there? And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like it's, and when you are in that place of, you know, fear and anxiety about your business, it's really, really hard to, you know, pull yourself out and, you know, find the motivation to do what you need to do to survive. But survival mode is yeah. a pretty amazing thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. You, you can pull energy from all sorts of areas. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, but, you know, I've, I've got a question for you, Steph. I, I'm just going to like, you know, ask this on behalf of the listeners, because I think everyone probably wants to know this. Can you talk to us about how you're based in Europe? Because I think you are one of the, mo- the most fortunate people for us in the industry. You've got eyes on both the Australian landscape, the European, and I guess probably UK being fairly close there. So you would have a broader uh, view on what's happening across all of the economic touch points whether it be you know distribution or uh, supply chain yeah look I think um look I think everybody is feeling it this year definitely but in I guess in different ways I think in different areas of Europe they're a little bit still in a bubble Mm -hmm. especially if they've been um in a tourist trap I mean where I am in Mallorca it's been you know flat out and and super busy obviously having um it be summer i think in australia um the frustrating or you know i guess it's frustrating in some ways and not in others is you know obviously during covid everybody moved back to australia so you know economically we did very well but post covid most of australia left we <laughs> went traveling because australians love to travel and i mean being here on the other side of the world every I mean, you know, being in Mallorca, I swear every third person that was here this year was Australian, which is crazy. Yes. No way. So, I mean, yeah, I was on the street all summer and all I could hear was Australian accents. And it's just like, and I felt connected to home actually, which is so weird. Um, But I mean, if there was a lot of Australians traveling in Mallorca, I mean, how many were traveling in other parts of Europe? So, 
you know, I think, um, you know, for, for Australians and Australian salons, I think a lot of their client base, especially, you know, either influencers or people that have quite a disposable income probably weren't in the country. Mm. They were traveling. So a lot of that money was out of Australia, whereas during COVID, everything was there. I think, um, you know, majority of Australians moved back home during that time because it, obviously it's a safe, such a safe place to live. Yeah. Um, but now having that opportunity to travel, they're, they're out and about. And I think Australians are traveling more than anyone, which is crazy. So um, I found that probably my most interesting um, awakening moment is that um, everyone was out <laughs> and traveling. So if anyone's feeling the pinch, it's probably because their clients are over here. Absolutely. It's so true what you said, like the the travel market and the travel industry must be so heavily geared toward influencers. Now that actually really speaks to our industry because if you get one end of our supply chain, when you're looking at all of our manufacturers and our big corporates, influencers are kind of what starts attraction for that content development to happen. So it all kind of links in. Yeah, totally does. And I think, you know, but I guess if you look at it, you know, we have everyone locked up in Australia for, you know, two to three years. The first year, which was last year, they weren't traveling so much because they were still a bit scared. Whereas this year, everyone was so, you know, think about the population of Australia. Most of them are overseas. I mean, of course, you're going to feel the pinch. And then probably this year as well, it's going to be the first year because last year people were still a bit scared to travel. It's probably a lot of people that are like, I want to have a white Christmas. I want to be away in Europe for the colder seasons. I want to go to the Christmas markets. You know, where I live in think Sydney, about- everyone yeah. goes to Japan at Christmas. Everyone. So Mossman is empty. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's also maybe why people are a bit quiet. So I think, you know, we are going through a recession. People are exploring outside. There's they're probably putting their funds towards experiences that they haven't been able to have. So I think, you know, just focus on um, you know, um, you know, during any hard times, you just have to button batten down the hatches and and keep driving forward. And anyone that keeps that momentum going will come out the other side. But you know, there will be brighter times. It's just that we're going through a bit of it, it's, you know, it's a recession and we're coming through a, a global pandemic. I mean, what did we expect? Was it gonna be rosy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what I have loved about it. Um, is it's definitely enabled more disruption in a really good way. Um, Absolutely. I I didn't get to go to uh, that AHFAs or anything like that the other week, but like I got to see quite a bit of stuff, um, you know, just just through the lens of Instagram. And um, I saw the event that O&M had um, and I was just like, wow, this is, I love seeing what Josie was doing. Like it was so different. It was so great to see um, a colour company and a manufacturer just kind of like really breaking the rules doing things differently and I think if it hadn't have been for that you know kind of rocky downtime that we had over COVID we probably just would have kept doing what we've always done I don't think anyone would have really taken the risk but now yeah it's, it's been vilified so I'm very yeah. I would love to know um if anyone has something to add on that what kind of disruption you're seeing that we're perhaps not seeing I want to know all about it I want to know What's happening in the industry that's completely different, turning something on its head? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, if there's anyone that you think that we should be interviewing, please, like, let us know because, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, the more open conversations we can have around innovation and what's changing and what's coming up, that's what we want to know about. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm excited for a great 2024 
And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in through our first year of Cutting Through the Noise. Thank you to everyone. And thank you for all of our guests as well. Yeah, absolutely. They've been all been amazing. And keep tuning in because we're going to have lots of new things coming through in 2024. And thank you for listening to Cutting Through the Noise. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.